Welcome back. This is the Big Small Business Show, and now it's time for me to give Bonani some feedback uh, on the interview before the break. So, Bonani, I've, I've got three things for you to think, think about. The first is, uh, as always, is what is your sales strategy? Now, what I found very interesting in your answers was that there's no cycle, and that actually means that you've got a very good opportunity, and it, in the sense of the fact that it, there's no peak in January or February or March for you to be selling consistently. But that only happens if you're calling consistently and that you've you got a discipline and uh, an ability to, to sell on a, on a, and I'm not going to say weekly, I'm going to say on a daily basis. So the question is who's selling, you answered Bonani is selling. But my question to you is are you sitting down every morning from let's say 9 to 11 and making you know, 20 or 30 calls and getting, you know, 19 or 29 no's and one, one possible yes, come see me. My guess is the answer is no. So, so that to me is where we start is with the sales strategy. But when you make the call and you get through, they're going to ask you, okay, what, what, you know, I've got, a, got somebody, what makes you different? And you have to have an answer to that. And so that second piece, and otherwise you don't get the meeting, that what makes you different, what differentiates you, needs to, needs to get across. Now, my, my guess is that right now, up until now, your first big deal was a tender, it was price-based, your second might have been through a connection or personality-based. In other words, they liked you, that you were there at the right place at the right time. Don't discount that. I think that you, you, you come across as great interpersonal skills, and you know your stuff, you've been doing this for seven years. And, and what it might take is not cold calling, but physical cold calling, where you're going around and actually going from office block to office block, or from building site to building site, or from contractor to contractor, and you're actually going around and doing that. You cannot build a business with, without that. But that goes to the second part, which you've already started, and I think you've done well, is that you have to prove performance. If you are going to go, coming back to the first point here, if you are going to go and <coughs> answer the question, what makes you different, you, who you've done this for, you can start saying, I've done this for ESCOM, I've done it for this one, I've done it for that one, that one, that one, and here's the proof. And people think I'm very good, I'm reliable, and you don't have to worry about it uh, again. So you have to start your journey of proving performance. And what performance means in your industry, I don't know. It might just mean that a month before it comes to an end, that there's a phone call saying we're coming to now maintain for the second year or replace or whatever the case may be. And then you just swap that out and you keep all the record keeping that's required and people know that you're reliable. So if, if that, that performance, proof of performance is something I think you need to, you started, you need to highlight even more than before because it goes into your sales function as well that you know, the more clients you get the more clients you get and you have and the only person who can do that is Bonani which brings me to the the third part is what are other services that you can offer now I don't know your industry uh, at all I was going to say well enough I don't know your industry at all but I'm sure that there are other services that you can provide to people once you're in there so that we do the, the fire um, support service or fire extinguisher support service, but we also do this and that and the other. And so you try and get now, normally I wouldn't say that you would 
defocus. But you look for two avenues in where the fire uh, e uh, extinguishes, gives you an entrance for the second service, and your second service gives you an entry for the first service. So now you call, and, and I'm, I'm, this might be um, the wrong thing to, to say, but it might be, for example, uh, security maintenance. Okay. So whilst you're there, you do the, the fire, and once you do the fire, you do the security maintenance. But that then starts your mind going to say, well, who is already in there? And it is security companies that are already there. So go and do partnerships with security companies where you say for every lead uh, that you get, I will, uh, I'll, I will give you a commission for every lead that I close. And you build out back to the sales, before you, get, you build what we call a channel partner strategy where you, you're now not focusing on the people who need your product, but the people who have influence on that, for example, security, whoever's calling on there. It might even be cleaning services that, that do it. So, so those, that's the kind of thinking you need to just sort of open up your thinking in terms of how you, uh, you are approaching it. Yeah, so just to sum up, sales strategy number one. Number two, build proof of performance. Number three, other services, and within that to build your channel partner um, strategy. Bonani, that's all I have for you for today. I hope that helped and give you something to think about. Thank you. These were valuable you know, lessons. Great. Thanks, Bonani. Thank you. And now, based on this in interview, I'll share some pointers with you a bit later in the show. However, now it's time for our series on how to build an FMCG brand. In studio with us, uh, we have Ryan Chef-Lurie, who is the founder of uh, Namia Japan, a high-caffeine drink. And he's talking to us about building a FMCG brand. As uh, Ryan alluded to, there are a huge amount of fast-moving consumer goods out there. Uh, you are competing with them on a shelf. And uh, how do you stand out and how do you actually position yourself so that you have the highest probability of success? Welcome back. Thanks. Thanks, Alon. Um, you know, it's interesting. You, you talk about a huge number of products that are on the shelf that are competing with you or that you're competing with. It's an interesting thing. Either you're falling into a category when you choose something to do or you're creating a new category itself. So when it comes to positioning, there's a decision that you have to make and, and it talks back to the strategy um, spoken about previously. But there's a decision that has to be made of are you going to fall into a current category and compete on that level? And then it becomes a dangerous world of price and, 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 you know, is it better? Is it not better? Is the service better? Is, and that's a dangerous world to play in. Or are you going to choose to create a new category or a new subcategory within it? So to understand, there's almost this continuum that exists. It's a two by two square. And it's commonly used in, in, in the industry and in, and, and in marketing and in sales and in all these different trainings that exist. But really, it looks at whether a product is general or specific mm -hmm. and whether its quality is high or low. And it's very important that when you're going out into the market, you look at all your competitors and actually plot them on this two by two. See where well, they what are. What is general? What specific? Give me an example. So, so if you're looking at a general um, product, let's take um, cornflakes. So cornflakes would be a general cereal. And again, I'm steering away from, from, from other things and focusing on something that everyone knows. Cornflakes is a general. And the price of it, if it's a no-name brand at one of the supermarkets, then it would be sitting on a, on a low value and general. 
So the idea is you would plot that a little bit further down. If you were looking at um, honey crunch with granola and uh, almonds, that would be something very specific. Not everyone's going to enjoy that, but your health conscious individuals are. And that would be spending, it would be more expensive to produce, but it would also be targeted at a more specific market. So it's a higher value and more specific. Okay, good example. Now we've run out of time. I think that's a very important thing that, that we've picked up here is that specific, general, general specific, high value, low value, the two by two. So when we are building out our positioning is to plot where we want to be and then design a, your FMCG product to fit that category. And hopefully there are not a lot of other dots in terms of your competitors in that actual quadrant. That's it uh, for today's slot on FMCG. Uh, we'll be right back straight after this.